0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people who are looking to fully engage in the world and participate with their whole selves, but still maintain their health and their sanity. I'm Leah Burkhart, the hostess on the show, and today, as promised last week, I want to move right on up Maslow's hierarchy of needs and talk about the third ring in the pyramid, and that third ring is... Love and relationships, a sense of belonging. In so many ways, highly sensitive people are great in relationships. So it might help if I sort of go over what it means to be highly sensitive and then sort of bring in why this might work quite well. So highly sensitive people tend to have this profound depth of processing. They're interested in everything and we want to dig deep and I want to find out everything about you and I want to know how you tick and I want to know what your passions are and I, uh, I just want to figure you out. And that can be really exciting for another person, at least I would imagine, like there's something enchanting about being in the presence of a person who's just transfixed by me. So that's what a highly sensitive person can do for you. Be- and it's not fake, we're not having to like deliberately dig it out of ourselves we're just inherently deeply processing everything. The downside of being in love with such a creature is that they're processing everything so every nuance, every shift in your expression, every sigh every yawn is being interpreted and calibrated and put inside of a narrative that may or may not be appropriate or even remotely true maybe you sighed And I'm making this assumption that you've got to be bored when in fact you sighed out of satisfaction. Maybe you're yawning and I'm imagining it's because you are disinterested when in fact you're just physically fatigued. You know, so we can be fabulous in our ability to make you feel special because we are really and truly interested in you, but we are also paying such close attention that it might be exhausting. Highly sensitive people are also overly stimulated which can be great because if you want a romantic evening with me baby anything will go. You can take you can just set me down on the couch and we can talk. And talk. And talk. <laughs> and talk. <laughs> and if you like talking that works out quite well. If you don't and occasionally you want to stare at a wall or a TV or you want to do anything other than have a deep conversation about the meaning of life or this relationship that can be a little aggravating. I'm I can be overly stimulated quite easily, so for me a conversation is stimulating enough. Maybe you would just like to watch television. And for me, at that time, that's too stimulating. That's too much flashy stuff happening. Maybe you want to go to a concert and I'm just kind of, eh, that's loud and there's people and it's pushy and I don't wanna that can be aggravating. I can only imagine. I mean I can only know my own experience and that's even aggravating for me. It's not fun to always be saying no to people just because I'm overstimulated and I know I have to retreat for a while and recharge. We're also empathic people. I don't think that we're special in this regard. There are a lot of people who are not highly sensitive that are very empathic So I'm not in any way saying that we are superior in this realm, but because we're paying so much attention to subtleties in our environment and we're so interested in things, and at least for me, when I meet a person, I'm I'm constantly trying to put myself in their position and play out a story in my mind. How would I feel if I were in that situation? What would I be thinking? What might I be wanting? And I'm wrong sometimes, but I'm right a lot of times. So being in a relationship with such a person would be lovely because here's this being who might just get you, might just see you in a way that you might not have been seen by another person. The downside is this person might just get you, might just really see you in a way that other people haven't. And maybe you don't always want to be seen. Sometimes you want to just put up a shield and say, go away. I just, I don't want to be self-reflective right now. I just want to take a nap. You know, so that empathy, that emotional reactivity that we have, maybe it's correct. Maybe it's a misinterpretation. Maybe it's correct and you love it. Maybe it's correct, and you were not really in the mood to be having a sort of self-examination done at this moment. Uh, we're also very attuned to subtlety, so again, we'll notice little things, little changes. We're not Sherlock Holmes, so th- Sherlock, if he you know, he's noticing everything all the time, we're noticing a few things with intense scrutiny. So. We might notice that the room seems like it needs to be a little lighter or, oh, the rug needs to be sort of whatever. Uh, We may or may not notice the strange person that's walking in the room and who is in fact intending to rob a bank. In all likelihood, we will because something about them will trigger us, something we won't even necessarily know that we're assessing, and we are. That's why it might look like intuition or even magic, and it's not. It's just the way the brain is fired up in a sensitive person. Once again, we'll notice that you've got a haircut, but we might also notice that you're wearing the same shirt that you wore yesterday and maybe you might want to change your shirt because you're going to meet my mother. You know, that can be aggravating. And finally, um, sensitive people have this susceptibility to... Uh, so it's a highly sensitive person who has been has grown up in a loving home tends to be exuberant. They are easy to bring to joy. They are very, it's easy to excite them and to amaze them. They have a disposition of, they're playful, they're lovely. Um, But if they grew up in a child, like if their childhood was fraught with uh, trauma, uh, hardship, they might be more inclined toward anxiety and depression. Either of those scenarios might, bug the hell out of you. Let's be real here. I mean, imagine if you're dating someone who's just always sunshine and lollipops. This is frequently the case with me. I'm always trying to give people the benefit of the doubt and, you know, the assume best intentions. And sometimes the guy was really and truly an asshole and it would have been better for me to have made, sustained a healthy boundary. So that can be aggravating for my partner. Whereas if it were the other way around, if I had a lot of trauma in my life and I'm always anxious, you may love me and want to protect me, but good God, it really is just a bar train. Get over it. So we are fabulous people, but we can also exhaust you. I say all of this and bring this to light because, you know, highly sensitive people are no different than anyone else in their need for intimacy, for love, for affection, not just from a romantic partner, but from friends, from family. We need connection, and we love connection. We thrive on it. A little, <laughs> but just not too much. It has to be just the right amount of connection. And the connection needs to be deep and meaningful. So when highly sensitive people are trying to connect with another person, it can be really challenging because, you know, it, it, too much all at once can feel a little overwhelming. Too little can feel isolating. This is actually complicated by the fact that many people mistake high sensitivity with introversion and they're not the same things, although they, they're highly correlated. So for example, one of my closest friends is a highly sensitive person but she's an extrovert. She loves being around people. She also does seem to need to recharge and have some time to herself but for the most part, you know, she, she's a butterfly. She can flip from here to there and she just wants, she feels charged up by being around others. So, connection, at least that initial connection, isn't challenging for her to initiate and it's not hard for her to sustain. For many who are introverts, though, introverted, highly sensitive people, you've sort of got this double whammy. You have someone who's intensely scrutinizing every detail of a conversation and who's intrigued and who's fascinated, but who's rapidly getting exhausted by this whole ordeal because there's so much attention and bandwidth being used up in order to have this fabulous conversation with someone that you care about very deeply or someone you are trying to connect with and hope to care about deeply at some point it's it can be really hard for highly sensitive people to maintain relationships in this way I was actually just reading uh, Elaine Aaron's book you know the highly sensitive person in love and She goes over, and I'm not finished reading it, and I imagine what's going to happen because this is what happens in life, is I'm going to find something fabulous that I should have talked about today and didn't get a chance to. My apologies in advance. But so far what I found to be interesting is she sort of has gone over some overarching themes that are present in highly sensitive relationships. So one of them is highly sensitive people have a tendency to get bored easily and this fascinated me, I, that's true of me, I can get bored easily when in a relationship um, not in the sense that I want to leave the relationship but that um, it's like I I don't like getting into a rut, I want depth and connection almost all the time which I'm sure you can imagine is awesome when you're on the receiving end of that I used to think it was because I personally am not only highly sensitive but also high sensation seeking I've talked about that in the past and I'm actually gonna talk more about it later on but in essence the short version is I'm if let's say that you had a ruler and the rulers from because I'm in America you know goes from you know whatever zero to 12 inches the average person thrives Oh, sorry let's say zero on this ruler this 12 inch ruler is boredom and depression and 12 is anxiety and misery so both ends of the spectrum are uncomfortable. The average person, someone who is not highly sensitive, has a range of stimulus that they can operate in happily from, let's say, 2 inches to about mm, 10 inches. Highly sensitive people would just, you know, it might be from 2 to 8. So it's just their range, of the, the, the point of getting overstimulated happens a little sooner you might also have someone who's high sensation seeking so now the point where they get bored and depressed is not two but four so it's when a highly sensitive person who's also high sensation seeking is in their sweet spot so let's call it from about four to eight they don't look any different than anybody else I mean they might be very conscientious a little bit more productive I mean they they seem to be especially healthy but they don't look like superheroes and they also don't look there's nothing remarkable about it it's just that they can eat more easily get bored and they can more easily get overexcited so oh joy that's me i i'm sort of constantly having to negotiate between the two impulses one that's screaming at me to stay safe and grounded and quiet and subdued and it craves serenity and another part of me that wants intensity novelty exhilaration and excitement and I'm this tug-of-war that's happening in me is probably happening in most everyone but it just feels like it's at a higher volume for me. That's the best way I can describe it. I used to think that my tendency to easily get bored in the context of a relationship was just because of this whole like I need to thrill but it turns out that almost all HSP get this and when they're bored here's what I think is also interesting They don't necessarily want to go to a BDSM conference. Maybe they do, but that's not the go-to. They don't want to go jumping off of a building with their partner. They want deep and meaningful conversation. That seems to be the thing that breaks the boredom. Once again, can you imagine being in love with such a creature who's just perpetually wanting meaningful and deep conversation? Go ahead and enjoy that after your 10-hour day. Thank you very much. (laughs) Like, This isn't easy. This is not easy to be in love with a person such as myself. HSP are also though, here's perhaps a plus, perhaps not, they tend to be hard on themselves, so they're inclined to, um, they, they, they do a lot of self-reflecting. They will likely be good at validating their partner when their partner gets exasperated with them, so they have this capacity and this is something Elaine Aaron herself talks about in her personal life. that when she and her husband, her husband who's not highly sensitive but who's very kind and she loves him, uh, is when she and her husband were experiencing life vastly differently and before she had a name for high sensitivity the way she does now, she sort of thought there was this inherent flaw and she was almost more comfortable with that possibility. No, it's not that my husband is a little less perceptive than he should be or that he's insensitive or whatever whatever. It's, the criticism doesn't belong with him it belongs with me which is almost easier because if it's my problem I can just be working on me I can remember this myself I was in a relationship and I wanted I felt like something was wrong so I went to a therapist and I'm, it's my first session and I'm sitting there and I said he is perfect I don't mean as a person I just mean he's not there's nothing wrong with him he's fine the problem is me I'm the only one who's unhappy so I figured, let's just fix me and all the rest should be fine and she dug deeper as therapists are wont to do I ended up disclosing how I kept trying to engage in these deep and meaningful conversations and I wasn't getting what I needed back I wasn't getting the, the that thirst quenched and I talked about all the challenges we would had in our relationship and I talked about how I was struggling The details and the content of that isn't so important. What's interesting to me is that at some point she paused and she asked me, isn't it okay to just want to be happy? Isn't it okay that you want these things? And isn't it okay to say that maybe the relationship should dissolve simply because you don't want it anymore? You don't have to justify it. So we talked about this last week by the way, you know, this idea of having a sort of personal bill of rights, one of which being that I have the right not to have to justify my behaviors. And as it happens, that relationship dissolved shortly after, Um, he was a lovely person, it didn't work out, it ended exactly as it should have. But it's the fact that my go-to was to say, oh it's me, it's my fault, or at least my responsibility. Evidently, according to Elaine Aaron, a lot of HSP tend to do this. So they might get bored and they might crave something, but they're less inclined to ask for it because they just assume it's something they should meet on their own. Interesting, right? Um, Personally, I can say that I love all things about being in a relationship. I crave relationships. I'm perfectly happy being single so I don't want to give the impression that it's like I'm lonely and it's awful and oh if I can only find it my... and it's not quite like that but I love all aspects of relating to others I love the feeling of falling in love uh, I love the feeling of when that stops and the partnership portion begins and in some sort of masochistic way, I even love when relationships end because they, all phases teach me so much. I appreciate that immensely. I also love my friends. I love them as my family. And I'm, so, like, I'm deeply grateful for them. I, there have been times in my life when I have gone through tremendous depression. And even when I'm in the depths of despair, even if I don't reach out, it's the knowing that that could, that sometimes can save me. Being in a relationship as a highly sensitive person, though, can be challenging for many ways, for reasons that I've already gone over. But for myself personally, I can also say it's hard because I'm negotiating between polar impulses in myself on one hand the need to be safe and on the other hand the need to be fully alive and now I'm bringing in another person Elaine Aaron, and when she talks about her husband who's not highly sensitive uh, goes through a number of her experiences and and I, I love that she's willing to disclose it for me, she as I think I mentioned earlier, her husband is not highly sensitive, and she is, and she talks about it as you know being a fabulous sort of complementary relationship where they both learn a lot from one another. I um, I am also in a relationship with someone who is not an HSP. He is an introvert though, so you know very easy to get each other's need for alone time very easy to understand each other's need to recharge. We can be very compassionate with each other uh, in those areas. But he walks into a room and he can immediately command it. He can take a project and break it apart and put a timeline together and know which piece needs to happen at what point. It's remarkable to watch him think. I don't operate that way. I operate with sort of one task at a time. I, have made very complex things work. I got through a master's program. I've gotten through, you know, a number of very challenging—I don't know—goals. I guess I've got—I've achieved a number of very challenging and very long-term goals. But I wasn't constantly going vacillating between the long and the short. It was just I've made a commitment and I've committed myself to do this thing, and I'm just going to chip away at it one small step at a time it's sort of like if you imagine running a marathon my tendency is to okay there's 26 miles and I know that it's two miles for the next till the next rest stop and okay so I'm just gonna pace myself one breath at a time one step at a time one breath I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm okay now it's a half a mile in another half a mile or whatever I'm not thinking about that I'm just thinking one more step one more step one more step one more breath one more breath one more breath and I'm learning so much from this person and I'm learning so much about myself in contrast but sometimes it's really hard I've never been in a relationship uh, that wasn't really hard I hear people talk about how at least a certain phase of their relationship wasn't hard and I'm always mystified by that I realize now that part of the reason I see them all as being so hard is simply because I'm scrutinizing so many of the details with such intensity. Every gesture has tremendous meaning. Every compliment has abundant value. Every argument could be devastating, or it could be enlivening. That the entire experience of it is overwhelming and wonderful. Which, as Elaine Aaron in her book discloses, makes sense because HSP experience love apparently more intensely. And once again, I am in no way saying that those who aren't highly sensitive don't get blown away by the wonder of love and romance and kindness and friendship and all of that stuff. I'm just saying that the way they describe it is, let's say a, a, a non-HSP person might describe falling in love as, I don't know, falling backwards into a soft cushion of blankets. An HSP would describe it as, you know, bulldozing down a waterfall. Like the intensity is wild. Love is seen as wild. There was a psychologist who asked this question to a class of students and the question was, what is your favorite body of water and why? and everybody answered it and they had their view maybe it's, it's a river because it's always changing, it's a lake because it's whatever and mine was the ocean because it is intense and powerful and it cannot be contained and later the gentleman who was leading this discussion said oh just so you know the meaning of that question is intended to give insight about how a person views their sexuality so, for me, sexuality then is powerful and wild and cannot be contained. And that, of course, I'm listening to that and I go, yes, that's definitely me. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be BDSM or the music doesn't have to be blaring in the background as if the violin's going. It's just, even in the most quiet of moments, I'm blown away by all of it. I can say, having been single and also having been in a relationship, without a doubt, I can be happy alone. So with in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I don't think he in any way intended for people to imagine they needed romance. I'm talking predominantly about romance right now because it seems to be a topic of interest I'm getting a lot of questions about, but everybody needs love. Everybody needs connection. It's the question is how do you like connection to manifest? Do you want connection to be something that is deep and meaningful and thoughtful? Can it be light and pleasant? Can it be fluffy? Do you just want it to be um, surface level? Do you want it to... I mean, how do you want it to look? And it, there is no one right answer. It seems to be true that mostly highly sensitive people want depth, which is not a problem unless, of course, the person you're with doesn't want to provide that depth. <laughs> I mean, I look at all of my friendships and the people that I love most, and I can't think of a single one that I couldn't go into a lot of depth with. Even my coworkers, especially my coworkers, will sit for hours and talk about Anything under the sun, but we go into a lot of depth around the topics. So, at any rate, I'm, I'm now I'm digressing. But here's what I will say about what you should do as a highly sensitive person, whether you're in a romantic relationship or you're just, you know, whether it's mostly that you're examining your friendships or your relationships with your family. When you're negotiating in the realm of your relationship, just be transparent about what your needs are. You know. It, if you feel bored and you're thinking to yourself you know what would really liven things up a conversation about the meaning of our relationship hey babe you wanna have that conversation (laughs) or maybe call a friend and say hey I wanna have this conversation that I wanna go deep here can we have this can we talk reach out to people it's okay you know Elaine Aaron at some point talks about how her partner though different than she, appreciated the difference. If, and she also was very good about saying, you know, traits that are genetic and inherent within us that help mm, inform our temperaments, those traits will definitely have an impact on the success of all of our relationships, but the trait itself doesn't get to call the shots. It's most more about understanding what it is that, that sort of makes up your temperament and being able to communicate it effectively and learn from it. You know, maybe you are coming across as just being morose and verbose and like obnoxious. Maybe that would change if you could just say, hey, this is sort of my temperament. This is where I'm coming from. I love you and I just wanna get to know every aspect of you because I think you're fascinating so if you're tired and you just kinda wanna watch reality TV that's totally fine but maybe I'll go do something else (laughs) or maybe you could learn to bask in the glory that is uh, cotton candy TV once in a while it's about learning how to to disclose your temperament in a way that allows other people to say oh okay cool I can I can work with that you know not only can I work with that but that makes sense to me even if I don't myself experience it it might also be important to be looking into how you might connect with other highly sensitive people I for example would love to hear from you if you are a highly sensitive person and you're sort of curious about all these topics I'd love to hear from you whether it's from an email or if it's you know you want to you know, you want to get on an email and get on a coaching call, whatever capacity makes sense to you. Um, I also do a meetup group. So if you're interested in, you know, connecting with other people who are sensitive, and you want to find out more, you get, please contact me. I'm always happy to just chat for its own sake, being that HSP that I am. (laughs) So anyway, the bottom line with regard to relationships, it's the third... First things first for a highly sensitive person. You've got to make sure your system is regulated. Then you've got to make sure that you feel safe. Take care of those things first, and then, and only then, start examining your relationships. And when you examine them, understand that you do have these needs. You, do, you probably do need depth. You probably do need connection. All of that stuff is okay, but just tell people. Communicate. Let them know what your needs are. That's what's really going to lead to a successful relationship in whatever capacity you want to relate. So, with that, I leave you with just one question. What is your experience of relationships? What are your needs? You know, what makes a healthy relationship in your mind? Send me an email, leahburkhart360 at gmail.com. Again, that's L-E-A-H, B as in boy, U-R-K, H-A-R-T. At gmail.com. Oh, sorry, Leah Burkhart. So L E A H B U R K H A R T 360. At gmail.com. My apologies. Take good care. Have a wonderful week. Chat soon.